Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. Thank you for listening to this much belated episode. It has been um, more than three weeks since I last blogcasted at you. Um, and that's because I was out of the country for two of those weeks and um, traveling kind of on either end as well. So it's been a it's been it's been a time and now I've come back and finally get a minute to um, record this blogcast. I'm just going to warn you now that I don't think there's going to be a song at the end of this particular blogcast. Not because I'm changing the format in 2019 or anything like that. This is the first uh, podcast in 2019. So I'm not changing the format. Um, I just, uh, because I was away for so long um, and I did not have my guitar with me, my calluses are gone. They're just gone. (laughs) Um, So the song that I have been working on a little bit since I got back a couple of days ago Uh, And by working on, I mean sort of since today is the first time I've managed to really get my hands on the guitar. Um, So I'm uh, the guitar is just not up to recording just yet. Um, I do have a song in the works um, that luckily will apply to the next broadcast just as easily as it does to this one. It's a kind of it's a kind of a. dual purpose song. So I don't think I'm going to manage it before I get to the end of recording this broadcast just now. Um, but it's coming. Um, so apologies in advance. I just, I'm warning you now, there will probably be no song. If, if, if at the last minute I figure out how to play that F sharp minor chord without sounding like garbage, I will do it, but I have not yet solved that problem. I I will tell you all the crazy things I tried, though, because I was like, okay, this song that I'm working on is literally, except for the bridge, just three chords, at least the way I'm playing it. So I was like, oh, my iPad has GarageBand on it, and it has this crazy thing where you can, like, play the iPad as if it were a guitar. Like, you just kind of tap at these uh, chord lines and you get, you know, so you can play all three. But first of all, the sound quality is terrible. And second of all, th- this song does have a bridge um, where it goes out of key a little bit. Um, I'm not, I don't think it changes key per se, but there are a bunch of chords that don't fit into the like standard iPad selection. So um, I did not play the song on the iPad, um, which is good for everybody because it, 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 it would have, anyway. So just hang on for this next, the next broadcast to get some music. This one, you're going to get uh, a blog, which, you, you know, that's normal. But it is called In Praise of Violence on stage. While writing my last fundraising email for my company's feminist measure for measure, I found myself going on a bit of a rant about the response to the violence in our show. I realized advocating for violence was probably not a particularly wise way to ask for money, so I stopped myself before I went too far. 
and going too far is what I was talking about. Many don't experience measure for measure the way I do. They don't feel the multitude of injustices stacking up against the women in this play as anything to get too upset about. It's a comedy, after all. I mean, sure, Angelo's a hypocrite, but he just wants to sleep with an aspiring nun. Is that so wrong? Sure, the Duke sits by and watches people's lives torn apart, actively participating and lying to make their experience more dramatic and painful, and setting up sadistic scenario after sadistic scenario. But it all works out in the end, right? And he marries Isabella! Apologies if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're not familiar with Measure for Measure. Stick around. There's more non-Shakespearean violence to come. I understand the prevailing feeling that these men are not so bad and therefore don't deserve to be murdered in a bloodbath at the end of the play, for example. Yes, that was our ending. Spoiler alert. Certainly, yes, there are worse men. Lavinia's rapists, Imogen's almost rapists, Kate's rapist husband. Oh, wait, you probably meant murderers. Violence is used against women over and over throughout Shakespeare's plays and also the entirety of Western literature and entertainment. And over and over again, in text after text, image after image, women just have to sit there and take it. Men avenge women's deaths and rapes, but the women themselves are just dead or damaged or made dead due to their damage. I'm looking at you, sweet Lavinia. Never, never do the women get to avenge themselves. Never do they get to grab a sword and make everyone pay for their agony. And you know what? That's what I need. Catharsis has been for men for as long as there has been drama, and it's about goddamn time women got some of that sweet, sweet catharsis ourselves. When I started this Measure for Measure experiment, I was clear that catharsis is what I was seeking, and clear that only violence could do the job. Not everyone agreed with me. Despite being a cast of women, there were many among them who did not feel that blood needed to be drawn. Many felt that the sins committed by the men in power in the play were not so bad. The bloodbath I had in mind did not seem commensurate with the crime. Yeah, it's probably true. Probably there are many men in Shakespeare who deserve to get murdered by angry women more than Angelo and the Duke do. I'll leave those deaths for someone else to stage. But for me, to experience a genuine catharsis at the end of a show was worth every possible injustice in it. I have seen so many women assaulted, raped, and murdered on stage and on screen. I could not begin to count the victims I've seen in my theater-going, TV-watching, film-viewing lifetime. For ages... A woman's presence in a work of drama was for the sole purpose of getting the hero justifiably angry so he could have his catharsis at the end. Women have mostly been cast to be the victims. That's what an ingenue is for. I have a theater friend who moved to L.A. to work in film and TV and has had a fair amount of success. She has played almost exclusively victims. 
Her reel is just like a parade of violence and abuse against her. Did she deserve any of that? Did all the women who have been abused, assaulted, raped, and murdered on stage and on screen deserve all those things? But it was all for men's catharsis. I need some damn catharsis now. You think Shakespeare wasn't interested in violence? I mean, crack open a copy of Titus Andronicus. It wasn't enough for Lavinia to be raped by her stepbrothers, but no, they had to cut out her tongue and cut off her hands as well. Then her father kills her, out of mercy. Did Lavinia deserve that? I killed Angelo and the Duke and Lucio, just for fun, on stage, not just for the women in the play, for Isabella and Mariana and Mistress Overdone, but also for Lavinia. And you know what? It's also for Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, because we can't drag her assailant out of the Supreme Court without causing a whole heap of trouble. So we kick the Duke in the balls. If we kick the Duke in the balls, maybe, just maybe, no actual balls will need to get kicked. If we don't find outlets for our fury and the safety of our stages, if we don't get catharsis in some way or another, I can't promise the rage that has been building low these 5,000 years won't burst forth into a real live bloody revolution. If the woman-on-man violence makes you uncomfortable to watch, that's appropriate. That's what it's been like for women watching women be victimized all these years. I'm kind of imagining some restorative, dramatic justice. For every rape or sexual assault or domestic violence plot, I'm going to need two kicks in the balls and at least two violent murders. And we've got a lot of catching up to do theater and cinema-wise, so we might have to kick and kill in some gray areas for a while. Maybe what Louis C.K. did wasn't so bad on the shitty scale. Not as bad as rape, certainly, but in anything he's in next, he's going to need to be brutally attacked or he's never going to work again. So saith the scales of theatrical justice. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my uh, rallying cry for more violence on stage. Um, yeah, it was really satisfying to uh, create an actual catharsis. I'm not, I don't think I've ever experienced one before. <laughs> it feels good. I'm, and I know that at least one man in the audience was so uncomfortable, um, and he really didn't get it. And I sympathize, for sure. And we had a long conversation, and I think he um, – He's, he, before he left, he said, I always make him think. So, you know, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I would be curious to see because like the, the, pro, the, let's see, the project really was how can I build the play so that having an incredible bloodbath at the end would feel um, right that it didn't come out of nowhere. Like you just like watch a whole play and then all of a sudden there's a bloodbath, which is not what I was looking for. I was looking for a way to kind of construct the, the piece so that it, it made sense that there was a bloody revolution at the end. And I, I think I got the idea. 
Um, I'd really need to do an actual full production to know for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting to do. And, um, even the, the cast members who were not so sure about the violence, I think had a good time. (laughs) So, yeah. And, and everybody enjoys doing the violence. So, uh, you know, especially with a great fight director, which we had. Um, so the only man in the room was our fight director. (laughs) Anyway, that's a little theater bit about violence and whatnot. Um, and, uh, I will recommend to you a podcast since I'm not going to give you a song here. Um, I just started listening to Decoder Ring. Uh, I think it's a Slate podcast. Um, and they, they analyze like some pop culture idea really thoroughly. Um, so they'll like under unpack why something is popular or what happened, they did this whole like interesting analysis of hotel art, which I found fascinating, particularly when they started to have a real conversation about what art is. Like if you put a piece of art in a hotel, does it lose its identity as art? Is it no longer art once you've put it in a hotel room? And uh I think it's an open question. It's really interesting. Um, And also, I didn't realize, I think Super 8 motels had a whole sale of their previous art, like the really kitschy stuff, um, which sounded really hilarious. Uh, So there you are. Uh, I will see you not so far in the future this time um, and with a song. And so I don't know what to do here without playing the song. I feel I feel um, sort of bereft. I'm like, and here's not a song. Uh, I'm going to just put a little tag here at the end to to send you off. Um, And I I will keep working on this song by Poe that I'm working on for you. Um, And it'll be at the end of the next one. So thank you for listening. Until next time.